You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you along on today's show. Auburn has their man, Boise State head coach Brian Harson will be the next head coach of the Auburn Tigers. We'll discuss what to expect from the new hire. Also, Dan Mullen in trouble. The Florida head coach has been slapped with a one-year show cause for recruiting violations. We will discuss. And also, we'll catch up with Bill Bender of the Sporting News to talk all things SEC with him, including his thoughts on the Heisman and Bama's chances to win it all. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're here for you five days a week. You'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out. All right, let's jump right into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch. Around the conference. Well, we start with the Auburn Tigers finalizing a deal with Boise State's Brian Harson to become the next head coach of the Tigers. Harson is a Boise State alum and was having great success at his alma mater, where he went 69 and 19 with three Mountain West titles in seven seasons there. The 44-year-old will, of course, get a pay raise taking the Auburn job, but coming to the SEC presents a whole new challenge for him. Harson said in a statement. I'm incredibly excited and humbled for the opportunity to be in a place like Auburn. It had to be a special opportunity to get me out of Boise, and Auburn is exactly that. A chance to compete at the highest level for one of the greatest programs in college football. Auburn Athletic Director Alan Green said in a statement, Brian is a proven winner whose record speaks for itself. The ironic part here is Harson also replaced Gus Malzahn back in 2013, following in his footsteps, taking over as head coach at Arkansas State back then, where he spent just one season. But overall, as a head coach, Harson, 76-24. and 24. His teams have made a bowl game every year he has been a head coach, and in his seven seasons at Boise, he never lost less than nine games, of course, outside of this season, which was shortened. He went 5-2. and two. The reaction from Auburn fans on social media has been very mixed. Some really like the hire, like our buddy Jim Dunaway from Jocks FM, Barrett Salee, Cole Kublik, all very supportive of the hire. And others really questioning the hire, saying they wanted somebody more or already proven in the SEC like a Hugh Freeze. Joining us now to discuss the hire is B.J. Raines, Boise State beat writer from the Idaho Press and BlueTurfSports.com. B.J., some surprising news uh, here in the SEC. I assume some surprising news up there at Boise. Take us through when you heard the news that uh, Brian Harson is leaving Boise State for Auburn. What was your reaction, and uh, what is Auburn getting in Coach Brian Harson? Well, I mean, there's a lot there. I mean, I was surprised, but not surprised, I guess, because he had been uh, voicing some displeasure of late with the uh, conference and, and with the, the kind of stagnant nature of the program the last couple of years, was pushing for some renovations to the stadium, was not uh, overly uh, happy with uh, the conference and, that they were in, was trying to push to get them into a bigger conference. So he's been unhappy the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, this is a very interesting hire. I, I think his name had been connected to some other jobs in recent years. Oregon, uh, when Tennessee was open a couple of years ago, his agent applied. Um, you know, he's been looking for the right opportunity. He was uh, rumored to be a candidate at Arizona as well. So I think that, um, you know, he's only making like $1.8 million. So I think he's, you know, going to get 
at least double pay raise. And, and, um, you know, I think it's a good opportunity for him and his family, but I was a little surprised. I mean, he's a guy that grew up in Boise. I didn't think he'd stay at Boise. He stayed his whole life and he played at Boise. He's been a part of the program for 22 of the last 26 years. Um, you know, I didn't think he'd be a lifer, but if he was going to go somewhere, I thought the PAC 12 made a lot more sense. So, um, he's a, you know, wins a lot of games. He's a tough coach, very demanding. He's an offensive coach, a lot of trick plays, a lot of, you know, no huddle spread offense. Um, you know, he's a, He's a uh, you know guy that wins a lot of games, so I think he's a. It's an interesting fit there, and I'm very eager to see uh, you know how that plays out. We of course remember the days of, of Chris Peterson there and taking Boise to national relevance, and uh, you know on, on the national landscape and becoming a team that you know would win double digit games every year, and nobody would bat an eye. Brian Harson kind of continued that in his run there. What what will he be remembered for there in Boise? And and like I said, what is Auburn getting in him as a head coach? What is Brian Harson known for? Well, you know, he, he's a guy in, in seven years, you know, won 69 games and would have been, you know, well over 70 had they played a full season this year. So he averaged, you know, basically 10 wins a year, um, won three Mountain West championships in his seven years, was in the championship game five out of the seven years. So you were consist- they were consistently the best team in the Mountain West. He's a very good recruiter. You know, he upped the level. They had, you know, more three, four star recruits, uh, you know, more four star guys and, and raising the level to what Boise State was usually at. Um, you know, once he took over there from before. So uh, he's a good recruiter, definitely an offensive-minded coach. Um, you know, he was the offensive coordinator under Chris Peterson, the first two Fiesta Bowls. You know, when he was the offensive coordinator, they went 61-5. and the, the Statue of Liberty play, you know, he called that play. He was the offensive coordinator, all those trick plays, that was all him. So, um, you know, he's going to have his hand heavily involved in the offense. He'll, he'll have an offensive coordinator. Someone else, you know, will call the plays, but he's – very involved in the offense. He's definitely offensive-minded coach. Um, you know, the one downside I would say maybe from, from your perspective is he's not great with the media. Um, just just not a guy that uh, loves to give out much when it comes to injuries, doesn't like to expand on a lot of things. It was actually very frustrating at times, uh, you know, as a media member covering him. So um, fans may like that. I mean, he keeps stuff close to his best, but he, he won't be doing, you know, daily press conferences. He, he keeps it, you know, to the – to the required stuff and, and a minimum and uh, just doesn't love doing that kind of stuff. He's fine when he does it, but it just doesn't happen a ton. And like I said, he doesn't give you a whole lot in terms of uh, injuries or, or things like that. It's a lot of coach speak stuff. So um, that would be the one downside. Maybe that changes at an SEC school like Auburn, but um, overall, you know, won a lot of games and, and uh, certainly taken over for Chris Peterson. He had a lot of, uh, you know, shoes to, to live up to. He won the Fiesta Bowl in his first season there. Like I said, it went on to be in the championship game five of seven years. So overall, I think Boise State fans will be, you know, happy and thankful. But I do think it's uh, they're kind of fired up maybe here in Boise to, to to have a have a change and get a new coach in here. In your opinion, a guy who covered Brian Harson uh, in his years there at Boise, what? What do you think the expectations should be for Auburn fans in uh, in the SEC when you talk about coming to a conference that is absolutely loaded with coaches from Lane Kiffin to Mike Leach to Nick Saban to Ed Ogeron to Kirby Smart? I mean, it's it's endless, the competition in the SEC. How good can Brian Harson be, and do you think he's a guy who can win a national championship? Yeah, I mean, I'm very curious to see what he does with his staff and if he brings some of these guys. You know, he's had some coaches with him for a long time. I'm curious if he brings some guys with him or obviously, uh, you know, try the fact that he has, um, you know, more money to spend on assistant coaches if he ups the ante there, uh, you know, with some of those. But 
I mean, he, you know, he's been going against Wyoming and San Jose State. Now he's going against Alabama and LSU. So, I mean, it's certainly a step up. I mean, he was the co-offensive coordinator at Texas for two years. So he's been in a power conference for a couple of years. Um, you know, was at Arkansas State, obviously, for the one year before he went to Boise. But, I, you know, I think Auburn's expectations should be as high as they always are. I mean, he's a guy, like I said, that won a lot of games. This is certainly a big challenge for him. I, I just, you know, it's very interesting when his name was thrown around last year at, for Missouri. You know, he was one of the candidates in Missouri. And, you know, Eli Drinkwitz did a pretty good job at Missouri this year. And he was a, an assistant coach under Harson at Boise for a couple of years and at Arkansas State, actually. So um, there's some ties there. And, and as everybody knows, you know, replacing Gus Malzahn for the second time after he replaced them at Arkansas State. But I think their expectations should be as high as they always are. I just think it may not happen right away. I mean, like I said, you talk about that schedule and the increase of uh, competition that he's going from from the Mountain West, but he wanted this. He wanted uh, Boise State to go to a better league. He wanted to go to a better league. He wanted a challenge. Um, and so I think that he wanted this challenge, and it may not happen right away, and I'm not obviously familiar with Auburn's roster and the schedule and things like that, but I, I think that, you know, over due time, there's no reason why he can't, uh, you know, he's a, a brilliant offensive mind and he'll bring in a good staff and he's a, like I said, a good recruiter. So um, there's no reason why he can't have success down there. I just, it's a fascinating hire. He, he just, you know, the SEC and Brian Harson it just is a, I wouldn't have guessed it. I would have guessed Pac-12. I would have guessed somewhere out West, like I said. So I just am very curious to see, uh, particularly when he doesn't have many ties at all, you know, in the one year Arkansas State, no real ties to the Southeast. So I'm just uh very curious to see how this plays out. But I know he was eager for a new challenge, eager for a change, and eager for, you know, uh, you know, a kick in the rear, I guess, to, to you know, have to be, uh, you know, try something new here. And I think that uh, this is certainly the job, and it's going to come with a big pay raise. And I think that uh, there's a lot of reasons why in due time it's probably a good move for him and for Auburn. Wow. Well, certainly a name that wasn't really on Auburn fans' radar, but uh, hey, get to know Brian Harson because he is the guy, and he'll be coming down to Auburn very quickly. Uh, uh, PJ, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it, and uh, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, no problem. Anytime, guys. My pleasure. Absolutely. BJ Reigns there, Boise State beat writer from the Idaho Press and BlueTurfSports.com. All right, let's get back into Around the Conference. Over at Florida, the Gator program has been put on probation for one year, and head coach Dan Mullen has been given a, sh- a one-year show cause for a violation of recruiting rules. The NCAA release said that Dan Mullen and another assistant coach had impermissible in-person contact with a recruiting prospect at the recruit's high school. The investigation also found that Mullen's uh, had texted the recruit about the visit meaning this wasn't just them bumping into the student while they happened to be on the high school campus. Florida, in addition, gets a $5,000 fine, a seven-day off-campus recruiting ban for the entire staff in the spring of 2021, and one-on-one rules education for Dan Mullen. When you read the actual specifics of this, it's very tame. But, of course, when you read some of the headlines like Bruce Feldman, whoa, Dan Mullen did not promote an atmosphere of compliance. One-year show cost penalty, recruiting violations. Yeah, reading the specifics of it, it's very tame. Over at LSU, it was announced offensive coordinator Steve Ensminger will retire from on-the-field coaching and will move into an analyst role with the Tigers after spending the past three seasons as the LSU play caller. The 62-year-old has been very well-respected in many circles, and he, along with defensive line coach Bill Johnson, 
They will both move into off-the-field analyst roles. Coach Ed Ogeron making a lot of coaching changes since the weekend. He's already parted with defensive coordinator Bo Pelini and safeties coach Bill Bush. And news also came out yesterday that the Tigers will part ways with passing game coordinator Scott Linehan, who was hired after just one season, or fired after just one season. He was hired last offseason to replace Joe Brady, who of course worked wonders with the LSU passing game and Joe Burrow en route to winning the Heisman. So a lot of hiring for LSU and Coach O to do. He's got to hire an OC, a DC, passing game coordinator, safeties coach, D-line coach. A lot of holes to fill there at LSU. And lastly, over at Tennessee, redshirt sophomore quarterback J.T. Shrout has announced he is entering the transfer portal. That's despite the fact that Jeremy Pruitt was giving him playing time, splitting duties with freshman Harrison Bailey down the stretch of the season. But I guess that wasn't enough, and Shrout will be on the move. In hindsight, if you're a Tennessee fan, you go, well, if he was leaving anyway, why didn't we just play Harrison Bailey all those games? Go figure. All right, and that is around the conference. Coming up next, our conversation with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. We'll talk everything from the Heisman to Alabama's chances to win it all. And also a quick disclaimer, we did tape this segment minutes before it was announced Auburn was hiring Brian Harson, so we didn't touch on that hire with Bill. But Bill Bender, talking all things SEC, is next. Oh, it's the holiday season, and that means you better be ready for family coming over, friends coming over, whatever the case is, just make sure your fridge is stocked with plenty of ice-cold Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what you're watching throughout the holiday season, watching football is your time to chill. We got college football and all the bowl games going on. We got, of course, the NFL happening. We got a game on Friday in the NFL, Saints and the Vikings, on Christmas Day, and then some games on Saturday and Sunday. So tons of football watching to do. And you better find yourself parked on your couch in front of that TV enjoying an ice-cold Coors Light. It is mountain cold refreshment. It is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. And it is as crisp and refreshing as those Colorado Rockies. Perfect for any moment to unwind. When you see the blue mountains on the side, you know it's ice-cold enjoyment. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. And that is Coors Light. You can get them in their new look cans delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And when you do so, please remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I know you're going to be eating pretty bad this week and next. Look, it's the holiday season. You get a little bit of a pass in doing so. But you can't eat bad for every meal. You got to find ways to do some healthy things in between. Might I recommend our friends at Built Bar? We tell you all the time, Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar out there. 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, including the Cookies and Cream Bar, which is my favorite. They are bars that are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. But Built Bars are great for a substitution. If you're used to eating a bag of chips or some cookies as a late afternoon snack, switch it up and go with a Built Bar. It is perfect for the health-conscious person. If you're looking to lose or maintain a weight or just indulge in a delicious treat, they are low-calorie, they are low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. The uh, cookies and cream that I always eat, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar. Go check them out right now on their website, BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com, and find something you might like. Give them a shot, and when you add something to your cart, Make sure, before you hit that checkout button, you put in the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Bet.com. Locked on SEC rolling along here. Hey, guys, the holidays are about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the year, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked on Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, really excited to talk with this guy. Been doing it for a long time covering all of college football, and he has been cranking out some articles this week. He is Bill Bender of the Sporting News, sportingnews.com to check out his work, and of course on Twitter, at BillBender92. Uh, Bill, I think I counted six new articles today so far. I think he had four or five yesterday. Uh, it's You must be just sitting in the lab just cranking out article after article. Yeah, I've got a patient wife that, that she knows the score this week, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's just like I told you before we come on, it, it's just been a lot of stuff crammed together when you have the bowl games coming after you know one day after the pairings it makes for a lot of work but we enjoy doing it over here and hopefully your uh, listeners will enjoy reading it yeah the best part bill is you're gonna uh you're gonna write articles about games that aren't even gonna happen so uh enjoy that that's nothing more frustrating than that yeah i had the the Tennessee West Virginia pick down, and then now it's an Army West Virginia pick, and I I would anticipate a little more of that as we move through bowl season here. All right, Bill, let's start with I read your piece on why Bama will or will not win the national championship. I think so many of us across uh, the South have just become conditioned to this Bama team was unstoppable. They're rolling all over everybody. They did give up a ton of points to both Florida and Ole Miss this year. Talk to the idea that this Bama team maybe could lose in a shootout to one of these playoff teams. Well, I think not so much Notre Dame. I don't like the Irish's chances personally. I think they're going to face a long road to uh, win that game. But Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama all profile profile similar in a lot of ways. They both score a lot. They all three score a lot of points. They all three have some issues on the back seven. Um, they get great quarterback play, and Mac Jones has got to cope against uh, Ian Book, Justin Fields, and. Trevor Lawrence, and I think between those three quarterbacks, they have six losses as a starter. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> that's that's really impressive, and, and it, it will be interesting to see. Like we said, I mean, everybody's just saying, oh, Bama Clemson again, but don't discount uh, Ohio State. Justin Fields, hey, hey, when you keep telling teams that you don't belong here, you shouldn't be here, yeah, keep telling them that every day and watch what happens when Justin Fields and Ohio State go out there and crush somebody that they're not supposed to. That'll be interesting. Um, Bill, the, the Heisman votes are in. Uh, we'll get the finalists announced Thursday night. I personally have said for weeks Devontae Smith should win the award, but it has been a quarterback award. 17 of the last 20 winners have been quarterbacks. The other three were all running backs. Do you think enough voters could come around to the idea of voting for a wide receiver this year? Well, you know, I voted Monday, and as you know, we're not allowed to share that, but I can take you through the process that made it difficult is because you have a unique receiver, because you had deserving quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask threw for 4,000 yards, and I don't know, I'm don't. i not 100% sure he'll be a finalist. And where Alabama made it tough on voters is they had three guys that were worthy. If you told me Najee, or you voted for Mac or Najee or Devontae, I'd shake my head and say, that, that's fine. Um, and then Trevor Lawrence, who, here's the big paradox with him, you're dealing with maybe the best quarterback of all time in college football history, but you're also dealing with a guy that might not be a finalist in his career, and that's amazing to me. 
It, it is really impressive. Uh, to that point, real quick, because I got into it with somebody on social media this morning that said, um, you know, Kyle Trask, okay, the numbers were historically great and all this, but three losses. And I brought up, well, just four years ago, Lamar Jackson put up great numbers at Louisville and had three losses. He said it's not an individual award. I said, well, it was an individual award the year Lamar Jackson won it. it will some people think of Kyle Trask and just look at the numbers? And should we say the losses don't really matter? Well, I mean, in certain cases it doesn't, and Kyle Trask deserves that merit based on what he did. I mean, 4,000 yards in 11 games, pushed Alabama to the brink. I don't buy that doesn't have enough around him argument because he has Kyle Trask and Darius Tony. That's not so bad to be able to throw to those guys, and he did a fantastic job in Dan Mullen's scheme. I think one of the differences with Lamar was this award gravitates toward the quarterbacks that can put up the rushing yards, too. We don't necessarily have that this year because Justin Fields didn't play enough games. Um, and that opened the door for Devontae. I mean, I don't know if you do this on Twitter, but the Devontae-Jamar Chase argument's interesting to me because Jamar Chase put up some stats like that last year. Yeah, no, it's absolutely right. And it'll be interesting to see when we get to the NFL draft time when you know people start debating who's the best receiver out of sight out of mind a lot of people are going to forget Jamar Chase but I think a lot of scouts will go oh yeah that guy was pretty damn good and and probably on the level right there with Devontae Smith talking with uh, Bill Bender of Sporting News Uh, Bill what did you make of Texas A&M getting left out of the playoff I personally didn't have a problem with it just from a standpoint of I don't think A&M's resume was very good we get into this thing of oh what about this team what what did this team do no 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 we're talking about A&M what did A&M do this year to earn a spot and at the end of the day I, I didn't think they had enough of a resume right and well it goes both ways I think I had no problem with how Jimbo politicked it I would have done the same thing. Say, hey, we're one lost team. We played against Alabama with Waddle. We lost, but we're eight and one. Um, they lacked a conference championship appearance, and a and I think that was the edge with Notre Dame. Notre Dame did beat a uh, pretty good Clemson team once, right? So I also thought Cincinnati had a compelling argument too. But the the problem with this, at least in this year, is. We had three good answers, and we had to find a fourth. And all three of those teams had an argument, and they picked one. I think they picked the right one in the wrong system, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense when we talk about uh, what goes into the playoff uh, committee's selection process. More with Bill Bender of the Sporting News after this. Are you guys ready for some college football and some NFL? Look, the college football teams are heading into the bowl season. There are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season finishing up. Their playoff picture is getting a little bit clearer. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. You can sign up for uh, today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus we got tons of stuff going on we talked about the college football playoff alabama opening as one of the biggest favorites right now bet online has them as a 19 and a half point favorite over notre dame in their first round game that is certainly one if you feel one way or the other you need to get in on it put some money on it and you will be uh, winning in no time make sure that you go there right now get in on the action don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit it's betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts
Rolling along here, locked on SEC. Want to remind you about one of our sister podcasts, the Locked On Big Ten. There's simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Big Ten Ben Stevens and the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Whether it's football, basketball, baseball, if it's happening in the Big Ten, Ben has got you covered with an in-depth look at the conference every Monday through Friday. Subscribe to Locked On Big Ten wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, they're sticking out their chest today over in the Big Ten about uh, Ohio State getting into the playoff, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, they didn't want two SEC teams anyway because, well, the SEC was just going to steamroll over uh, everybody, right? <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, let's get back into it, talking with our buddy Bill Bender from the Sporting News here on Locked on SEC. A few other questions for you, Bill. We saw Tennessee pull out of their bowl game, now South Carolina pulling out of theirs. Do you think some of these teams dropping out is absolutely 100% it's because of the COVID cases and and all that? Or could it be some of these schools just don't want to have to go through the hassle of the practices, the travel, for what is mostly meaningless bowl games at this point? Well, you know, I I, I like watching bowl games. I'm a junkie. I joked with you yesterday, you know, I was going to watch Tulane and I'm going to watch BYU and I'm going to have, have fun doing it. Um, but I understand when teams pull out and you know, it's funny. In some ways, the coveted bulls have become the pre-Christmas bulls because then they can go home to their families and do the things that they need to do at home. So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But I, I'm going to enjoy the football that we have. And, you know, I think we're blessed to even get a season. You know, same with NFL. As you know, I'm, I'm really big into the NFL as well, and hopefully that continues. Yeah, and, and I'm with you on that. I think that is better. to The earlier the bowl game, the better. Get it out of the way. Uh, what do you make of the Auburn coaching search? I mean, I think we're all kind of shocked when they fired Gus Malzahn after going 6-4 and four and paying that massive buyout. But now putting together a search committee and sounds like they're starting to strike out left and right. Billy Napier says he's staying put at Louisiana. Brent Venable says thanks but no thanks at Clemson. I mean, what is going to happen here? And who in your mind is going to be the next Auburn coach? Has not reached Tennessee dysfunction levels yet, but um, <laughs> could get there. Um, the problem with coaching searches in the social media era is everything gets out there, right? So now we know that all these guys have said no, and it sounds like there's some disagreement about who to go for. I mean, I've said all along, if, if they can stomach it, if the SEC allows it, you know, Hugh Freeze is the best answer. To me, it's not even close. I mean, you got an offensive scheme, a guy that can recruit, he gave Alabama fits for years, and uh, that's the guy. I just don't know if they can go out and do it. <laughs> One more for you, Bill. If uh, you had to vote for a guy to be the SEC Coach of the Year, uh, it feels like this is such an up-and-down roller coaster season because you know early on it was, okay, Sam Pittman, the job he's done at Arkansas, nobody thought they would even win a game. And then you know I thought Eli Drinkwitz had it in the bag for a while because Mizzou was supposed to be really bad, and then they lose a couple in a row. I, I, it's crazy to think, but, I mean, Jimbo and Saban both did fantastic jobs. Who would get your vote as far as SEC Coach of the Year? Probably Jimbo. Either Jimbo or Saban. Saban on the – uh, he, you know, he had COVID. I mean, and that's <laughs> everything about 2020. He was able to delegate with his staff. Sarkeesian, wonderful job as his offensive coordinator. The offense is historic. Um, but on the other end, I think Jimbo finally delivering. I mean, he won't be on the hot seat this offseason. I think the next challenge for him is, okay, your, your program's been elevated. Go out and win a New Year's Day Six Bowl and 
you know, the way they've recruited, maybe they could actually challenge Alabama here over the next few seasons. I remember talking to you down at an SEC media day, and I think I remember saying I think they would be my best bet to challenge them over the next three to five with recruiting. Now LSU did win a national title and has recruited well as well. But I, you're seeing what they're doing with their coaching staff. It's going to be an interesting year for both LSU and A&M in 2021. Well, the one that's going to be a thorn in everybody's side is Lane Kiffin. Let, don't let him get more uh, recruits and weapons there at Ole Miss. He's going to start running rough shot, dropping 60 points a week on everybody, and we'll see how what happens there. Talking with Bill Bender here of the Sporting News. Uh, la- last one for you, Bill. When we look at the landscape of the SEC, and you know, obviously all the talk we heard about, there won't be any uh, there won't be any firings this year just because the cost of the buyouts and all this. Well, we already had Muschamp fired at South Carolina. He's replaced. Derek Mason fired at Vandy. He's replaced. Obviously, Auburn, we mentioned, going through their coaching search. Do you think any other schools pull the trigger? And mainly I'm looking at Tennessee right now with Jeremy Pruitt. Sounded like he got a little bit of a vote of confidence before the vote, the bowl from Fulmer, but who knows how these things go. You know, there hasn't been a lot. There's been 10. I tell them Big Ten country. We're, I don't know if we're thrilled, but I'm kind of happy that Brett Bielema is back because – He's always an entertaining press conference, and I think he'll do okay at Illinois. But this is that time, so, like, we don't have any right now. That always means, like, one or two pops up. And a couple every year you just don't expect. So uh, I would anticipate that goes along, but hopefully it doesn't happen over Christmas break. Yeah, I would think the Brett Bielema press conference is 10 times more entertaining than the Lovey Smith press conferences, but that's just my thought. He is Bill Bender. Check check out his work at SportingNews.com, at BillBender92 on Twitter. Uh, what are you working on the rest of this week, Bill? Well, we'll have our All-American team and Player of the Year and Coach of the Year, and that's always a fun tradition for me that you know we, we take it very seriously at Sporting News, and, and we'll have all that stuff out next week. And like I was telling you, you go right from bull picks to – all Americans straight into the semis next week, and we're very excited about that. So I'll see if I can uh, get up from the monitor here. I'm going to go shoot some hips with my son here this morning, then we'll go from there. Yeah, I was going to say, at least put the computer aside to open presents with the kids on Christmas, okay? You don't you don't want to be, yeah, that's great, open that present. Uh, Dad's got to finish this article here, all right? I, I, I will admit I'm very behind on my wrapping. I'm going to have to sit down and do that tonight. <laughs> hey, newspaper always works. Bill, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, Bill Bender there of the Sporting News. Always fun to uh, talk all things college football with him and hitting him with some uh, SEC topics. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Thanks so much to everybody for listening and subscribing. A little bit of a shorter week this week. We will not have an episode on Friday, but we will have one tomorrow on Christmas Eve that you can listen to anytime. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, heading into this weekend we'll preview some of the bowl games happening in the next handful of days the ones that are still happening the ones that haven't been canceled or teams pulled out of yet it's crazy that uh it's still getting that into the bowl season but that is going to do it for me for chris gordy uh, thanks so much to bill bender for joining us from the sporting news we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on locked on sec